Welcome back to the Consequences podcast with Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. Well, this is interesting. Perhaps it's time to uh, talk about the lyrics because at this stage, Graham was only in his early 20s or barely in his 20s. Uh, so let's talk about the lyrical input yes. of Jaime Goldman. Yeah, I, I, I sense the more I listen to Graham's stuff, that Jaime had a, a massive contribution, didn't he? Graham's always acknowledged um, uh, his, his father's influence and the fact that uh, he wrote some, or he created some titles, or he would always edit the songs. Yeah. But as time goes by, it becomes apparent that he that he wrote large chunks of the lyrics themselves. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense because some of these lyrics have a real maturity that you know a nineteen or twenty year old probably just couldn't have. It's a kind How of could he? I know it's a kind of acceptance, a slightly careworn attitude, um, um, and all the observational skills. Yes, and and this was confirmed when we we spoke with Harvey, who who um, I was delighted and surprised to hear, particularly that behind the door, he thought was the work lyrically almost entirely of of Harvey. And that doesn't surprise of, me, of, Paul. Of Jaime, I beg your yeah, pardon. that doesn't surprise me at all because. Behind the door, particularly, has when we. I think we touched on it earlier. There's an awareness of the, of the darker elements of adult life in there. And Graham, as a teenager, spending much of his time up in his room playing his new guitar. Yeah. I, I don't think he would have had the life experience to to have shone a light on that sort of stuff. Behind the door of every house. In every street, in every town, a story is unfolding. A story is unfolding of love and hate, remorseless fate of hopes and fears and smiles and tears of. That's right. Uh, Behind the door, lyrically is uh, and musically, but lyrically is is a masterpiece. I mean, it, it says it all, really. Um, the last verse, um, behind the door of every house and every street and every town, the people are awaiting to bear and die. The years go by, the wedding spree, the funeral tea, and still they go a mating. Yeah. I mean, it says it all, really. Yeah, it's it's so, it's so profound. That's right. It, it really uh, is. And there's the the sense of that kind of. Kev called his experience of the music business a hamster wheel. There's almost like a hamster wheel of of human life, isn't yeah. there? Where you you're on your knees. You 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 have miserable aspects of your life. You're you're praying some of the time. You're crying some of the time. Hmm. Uh, and yet this cycle keeps going on. Of every house, in every street, in every town, the people are waiting. The people are waiting to bear and die. The years go by. The wedding spree. The few. Still 
It really is an extraordinary song. And then after, you know, we have the, the, the verses, the beautiful lyrical verses, and then this oddly agitated ending section, which has kind of got religious overtones. Yes. Um, but that, that kind of fast psychedelic section. Yeah, which is easier to hear on Cher's version, actually. Yes. Um, but those prayers are unanswered. Um, uh, asking for a happy ending, but one suspects that the, the, the return of that ominous riff at the end of the song mm. means that those it's ambiguous whether those prayers are answered or not. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, I like I like your your interpretation of it. Really, does the uh, the fast bit does it remind you of Stairway to Heaven? Yeah, it's got it's <laughs> it's got the same chords, doesn't it? Kind of FGA. Uh, that, that, that's uh, an, yeah, and I wonder if the if the producer of the Graham Goldman thing. Um, maybe subconsciously he borrowed that. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's a very good point. Because it was a, what uh, four years later, Stairway to Heaven was recorded. <laughs> be and we know that John Paul Jones had a lot to do with the music uh, the sort of deeper elements of the music in Led Zeppelin yes. you know he really did yeah as, a, as an accomplished bass player and keyboard player uh, yes he had, and, and string arranger he had a lot to do with the chords yeah um, well let's talk a little bit about the this album and the personnel on the album I mean it, it's a fantastic production the arrangements are wonderful which I think were John Paul Jones largely yeah. wonderful woodwinds yeah. uh, as you just talked about previously woodwinds and, and strings and uh, the drummer is Clem Clatini am I exp- yeah not a drummer I'm familiar with oh, to he's, be honest oh he's, a, he's a, a renowned session drummer that's played on hundreds of hits and, um, in 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 UK particularly, so they're really a three piece working in the studio mm. um, with obviously these additional musicians. I Graham's think, playing guitar, isn't he on it? Graham's playing guitar. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the original idea was for Peter Noon to produce this record. Mm. It was kind of the artist produces. Uh, the songwriter, That's right. but he buggered off, didn't he? Yeah, I think he only went to a session, and uh, fair enough because the, the the team that was left made a made a, a great job. And uh, this was Harvey's idea actually to record an album to bring all these songs together yeah. under one roof. And I think it was a great idea because without this, um, and I think it is a fabulous record, and perhaps you 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 may criticise elements of it, but it's great to have an album of all Graham's material done at that not a lot of his material done at that time some hits some non-hits some deep, I, I, deeper I, cuts I totally agree and, and it's lovely that they're in a collection that hangs together so well uh, it, this album's got its own mood yes it um, really has and, and I really like that it, it it reminds me in a way of, of the Zombies Odyssey and Oracle yeah right in right. that all of those songs have, have that kind of pastoral um, deep not psych- psychedelic is almost insulting. What I'm trying to say is that it's got a kind of a deeper quality. Um, it's thoughtful. It's atmospheric. Uh, and all of the songs have that kind of similar atmosphere. Uh, that really is my, my favourite aspect of the record. I think it hangs together so well. <laughs> Yeah.
Yeah, there's a few touches of psychedelia, but they're just one more um, ingredient in the yeah, mix. There's the, the backward bells on Pawnbroker and the, the bit of backwards guitars on, I think, yeah. behind, behind the door. But they're only one element in the yeah, mix. Yeah, a couple of the tunes have got uh, some really funky rhythms yeah. um, that, that, that were typical of that sort of psychedelic era and that came back in the late 80s in the yes. Manchester scene with bands like In Spiral Carpets. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, particularly the, the, the last track, Chestnut, and his cover of, of For Your Love mm. um, have some really quite um, cutting-edge uh, grooves to them, which I, which I actually really enjoy. Yeah, just going back to the, the, this, this kind of father-son songwriting partnership was hiding in plain sight, really. Mm. Uh, and I do wonder... Um, I know uh, in a great interview uh, Graham Goldman did with um, with Pete, I can't pronounce his surname, Perfides. I may have that name wrong, and apologies if I have. He's a, he's a really good rock journalist. He talks in some depth about, you know, his writing relationship uh, with, with Jaime, and he, and he says Jaime was remunerated, which I'm which I'm glad to yeah, hear. Yeah, because he's not credited on the on the records. He's not he? credited, and I wonder why. Not. I mean, from what we know, Harmy was a, an unassuming gentleman who sort of never wanted to, to take the limelight and was somehow satis, satisfied um, just by the songs coming into existence and, yeah. and his son taking the credit, which was a lovely thing, actually. Yeah. And whatever the relationship was, it obviously worked really well. But And Graham does give him credit for his influence. Oh, he, al- he always... He's a genius, actually, doesn't he, Graham? Yes, he always talks about him. He's clearly very proud of him. But, but, I do th- but, but sorry, Paul, but yeah. he, Graham never says in any of the interviews that I've seen, uh, and, and if you scour Google, mm. it doesn't seem anywhere that Graham actually says the words, my dad wrote the lyrics to that one. He, he credits his dad for helping him with lyrics, doesn't he? But mm. I, I strongly suspect that some of these songs were could well have been born as a poem that, that Jaime wrote in, in its entirety that Graham set to music. What do you think? It really does seem that way. I guess we'll never know mm. um, exactly. Uh, in a way, it doesn't matter. The work stands. Yes. And, it, and it's a unique father-son songwriting partnership. I mean, I can't think of any other father-son songwriting partnership um, that, that, was, that was so prolific. Can you? No, not, in, not in terms of a writing relationship. Uh, yeah. yeah a, a writer-performer relationship. Yeah, I can see that. In, um, in pop music or even musical theatre? I think it's unique, isn't it? I know, I know sort of there's inter... You know, fathers will perform with daughter, will perform songs, but in terms of a sort of deep, established writing relationship... Yeah, I can't think of one. And I, and I think this is the key, really, to the, to the sort of power in a lot of those songs. Yeah, I agree, and, and it... Um, I think Jaime's insights into adult life, yeah. the sensitivity and, and the, like you mentioned earlier, that, that observational, the magnifying glass that yeah. Jaime brings to it, yeah. brings Graham's songwriting alive. And, and where I think Graham is really successful as a songwriter is when he focuses in on those tiny details, sometimes really minute, mundane details. Yes. But there's something very alive about them. When he when he sings with with platitudes and generality, his songs aren't quite so successful for me. I love those details. But all that's left is a place dark and lonely, a terraced house in a mean street back of town. Becomes a shrine when I think of the only just you.
Well, I mean, that going back to what you said earlier, he was obviously an accomplished songwriter later on, and it's it's slightly difficult to unpick his lyrics because mm. he was collaborating obviously with Eric and, and, and Kevin and Lowell, although yeah. he did write songs later, but they don't quite have that spark. So you that maybe again points back to the fact that it need that Jaime was absolutely key to, to, to the success of these songs lyrically. Totally. I don't I don't sense that Graham's role within Ten C C was as a lyricist. No. That's it, right. If we believe Eric's book it seems that Eric tended to bring complete lyrical ideas to the table, mm. a, a complete story or a complete concept. Mm. And uh, he tends to say that he'd already written the majority of the lyrics before yeah, they he, got he, together. He has got a bit of an axe to grind yeah. at this but, but, yeah. but I, would, I would agree. But I that. imagine uh, the, the dynamics of, of <clears throat> the, di- the dynamics in the room when Kevin and Graham are sitting together in a room writing Iceberg, for yeah. example. Um, you can you can feel what what those roles were. Kevin would have written all the lyrics, and Graham would have come up with those uh, those million chords. I got class, I got style, but once in a while I'm the town I must go. You better watch out your zone, watch out your stone boneheaded woman, watch out you boneheaded man. Yeah, all those 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 riffs and just sorry, it was slightly off topic. One thing I forgot to mention earlier: this idea of Graham plugging in a, an absolute keynote riff into a song. That that points forward all the way to his work with Eric on like "I'm Not in Love" and "Things We Do for Love," where he we know he kind of embellished the yeah. songs and added some depth uh, and little motifs and like the the opening to I'm Not In Love which we know Graham wrote is like the classic Goldman riff of all time really yes and, and that and it, you, you know you start to see you can you can see this going back all the way to the 60s but sorry I, I yes and I, I'm, I'm sure he was a you know genius riff generator throughout his songwriting career so yeah. many of those 10cc hits Dreadnought Holiday for example starts with a lovely a lovely riff I suspect that was that was Graham's work. Yeah, it's really we've said before he's like the invisible guitarist. He's not really known as a guitarist. Lol and Eric are, yeah. and yet the guitar is so central to what he does. And we know that during the the length of their songwriting partnership, pretty much it was Eric on the keyboard, Graham on guitar. That's the way yeah. they always wrote. That's right. It's it's reminiscent a little bit of the songwriting partnership between. Andy Partridge and Colin Moulding in, in XDC. Right. Uh, Colin Moulding wrote brilliant riffs, and many of his songs start with a riff. But unlike Colin Moulding, um, who tended to write a melody above that riff, mm. like we were saying before about Ticket to Ride, you know, and other loads of other Beatles songs. Yeah. Whereas for Graham, the, the riff was almost like a... Impulse? To start the song? Or would it even come later, do you think? Yeah, um, they usually do come back, don't they? S- mm. Start and finish, or start, middle and finish. Mm. They're they're a shop window for, yeah. for the song in a way. A trailer, um, almost. Yeah, a trailer. Yeah, um, a teaser. Yeah, um, and they're very much a, a separate thing and very strong in their own right. Mm, that's right. These are the impossible years A girl must endure 
Adrift on the ocean Left with her unspeakable fears The torture of doubt And pent-up emotion Let's have a look at some of the other great songs on, on this record. What, what do you think of the opener, The Impossible Years? I think that's a fabulous song, which was a single, um, not a hit, but for Wayne Fontana, of course. That's right, so it wasn't a hit then? No. Okay. It's one of my favourites on the album, Paul. It's not one that I love, I have to say. Uh, some of the poetry I find just a tiny bit trite, I have to say. Um, and Graham hasn't come into his own as a singer yet. And some of, the, some of, the, some of his vocal tone is a bit nasal um, and a bit laboured. It feels to me like he's, he's kind of copying John Lennon's delivery on Tomorrow Never Knows, the way he sings, knowing, uh, sewing, <laughs> and that sort of thing. I don't like the way he, he sings those words. Girls are growing And without knowing They're the seeds that we've been sowing We'll help the impossible years it's funny, it doesn't sound like Leonard. To me, it sounds like he, he sounds really posh. He sounds like it's almost BBC pronunciation. Yeah. He's trying to, to sort of over enunciate. Yeah, that's I've right. I've written exactly that. Okay. It's, um, it's the opposite of the current trend in singing, isn't it? You, when you, yeah. you hear the, the Christmas adverts and it's some blooming slowed down version of a disco classic from the 80s, yeah. sung by a, a, a girl who's deliberately not opening her mouth. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and this is the opposite of that. It's, yes. it's the diction's too perfect. And whereas when he's rocking out on some mm. of the other tunes we've looked at today, like Stop, 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 and he's... He's really shouting down the mic. It's great. Yeah, I know. I find it quite endearing. And at the at the end of it all, the songs are so bloody good. I don't really yes. care uh, because it's he's he's singing his own songs, and yeah, that, that's no, no, what I, I really. I, I agree, and I and I, I I sense that I'm being a little bit devil's advocate <laughs> here because it's more fun. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I I do have some misgivings about it. But mm-hmm. this track um, reminds me a bit of of Genesis's debut album. Uh, from Genesis yeah, to Revelation, right, yeah. um, which was a, a Jonathan King production. Yeah. And his voice reminds me a bit of Tony Banks, the, the Genesis keyboard player, oh, who, yes. who sang a lot of BVs, yeah. um, but didn't sing any lead vocals until his, his solo career. Well, he did, actually. Do you know? And that's a really good comparison. You know the song Shepherd? Oh, yeah, uh, that's which was right, yeah. BBC session song oh, yeah, or and something. And that got recycled, I think, in the Lamb Lies Down of Broadway, is uh, that right? N- no, it's a different one. But Shepherd has a sort of Tony Banks middle bit. Um, you know, yeah. the magi- and, and you're right, that, that, that kind of... It's almost like um, a schoolboy or an office... A guy sort of pushed into the limelight in front of a in front of a microphone. He doesn't sound like a rock singer, That's right. and yet it's it's somehow endearing because it's perfectly in tune and it's actually quite a mellow voice. Yes. So, but there's something yeah, a little bit too dainty and English about it. Yeah, it's kind of man- mannered in a way. Yeah, um, yeah. It do- and it kind of fits 
the arrangements and the production and, and it, the lyrics and I so think on. It, it does. kind of fits. Yeah. Um, although it, it's not, at this point in time, Graham's not got a voice that I, I enjoy listening to that much. Right, okay. Um, my admiration for the record comes from, from other sources, really, right. particularly the lyrics, in some cases the melodies, and, and always the, the arrangement. I mean, and this song's a case in point with the arrangement. Uh, it's got a, I think, a core anglais yeah. on it. Uh, and, and it sounds you fabulous. So rarely hear that instrument yeah. on a pop record. Yeah. The carpenters, I think, use it. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's a, it's a rarity. Jones has done a brilliant job on, on, on this record. He's, he's adding colours that really complement the, the songs. Oh, yeah, marvellous. Yeah. What do you think about the, the Slice of Life songs? Who are they? That's another gotta-be-a-Jaime lyric, sort of um, empathising with the the people on the daily round or the daily grind, you know, mm. a mortgage and, and, the, and the kids in tow. Yeah. Um, I love that. The, the faceless mass on the merry-go-round. Who are they? Where they're bound? The faceless mass on the merry-go-round Who are they? Who are they? Nine to five every day They never say what they're going to say Who are they? On their way And that's um, probably my favourite aspect of the whole record is like we were saying before, you're peering through doors and curtains and, and keyholes at, at other people's lives. But it never feels like... It's it doesn't like, feel voyeuristic. No, no, you no. Know, it, it's, it's not an invasion it's of privacy. It's almost imagining people's lives. It always, People watching. Yeah, it always has um, an empathy uh, there. It's never really judgmental, is it? Which I quite like. No, it I, seem, I agree. You know, it seems it's almost as if the protagonist, the older man, has been through that. He's done it, yes. and now he's watching the younger ones set out on the journey. Yeah. That, that's the impression. Or I he's imagining how those people are, are feeling. Yeah, because he felt like that himself already. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or the, um, the 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 young bachelor upstairs is is thinking about the the lady bachelorette downstairs yeah. in the flat below. Upstairs every night. There's a boy listening to his radio Downstairs just one flight A girl waits patiently So you're kind of imagining how these characters would be feeling about each other. Yeah, that was also a single, I think, for Herman's Hermits, which... which so most of these songs um, had been previously re-released maybe nearly all of them but but only some of them okay, have been yeah, I got the impression that half the album was were, were kind of brand new songs that's what I thought originally but I don't believe so the impossible years and uh, upstairs downstairs um, ha- had been previous released at least those two yes yeah. there are so many lovely slice of life ly- lyrics on the on the record almost every every one of the songs does that yeah, and and like I said before, it, that's where I, I feel Graham's songs are most successful in that they're they're painting the stories of real people. You can really feel Manchester in the sixties, yeah. fifties, and forties here. That's why you? I think these this canon of songs could could really make some some kind of musical. Yeah, uh, you could all you. I'm sure somebody somebody could sort of thread a story about these characters. Yeah, you could use the Coronation Street set. <laughs> 
can you? <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's <clears throat> every single door on this street could tell a different story. Ah, couldn't I think it? you're onto something there. Yeah. What about Chestnut, which really stands apart as a kind of... A, yeah, why is it on there? Experimental piece. It's kind of like a, the way the Beach Boys would often end an album. They'd with just a, bang an instrument. With a weird song it. like yeah. Mama Says or yeah. one. It's, it's great, uh, though. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, now, that's... We talk about the enunciation. That's That's got to be the poshest rap ever committed to <laughs> tape, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All of us were doomed to die. Talking about you know the, what what he'd do when the when the holoca- uh, when the nuclear holocaust arrived. It's, it's a strange song. It Bri- is brilliant organ playing. It is a could, funky could that, rhythm. Could that be Brian Auger? Although I don't think he's credited. I assumed it was it was it was Jones himself actually because I know he's a, he's a useful keyboard player. Uh, well, you could um, could be could be. It sounds yeah e- expertly played. Bit of um, Graham's other hero, Hank Marvin. Um, being oh, referenced yeah. there in the right. guitar part. Right, Do you right. think? Yeah, yeah, good spot, good spot. Yeah, yeah, lovely bit of psychedelia, <laughs> this, and mildly reminiscent of Pig Bin and Gone, which, is, uh, <laughs> which we mentioned sort of every other well, podcast, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. uh, which is the B-side of, of um, some other kind of proto-10CC Yeah, I, track, found, I, found a, I did find a track sheet to that the other day oh, when, right, I, was, when okay. I was looking through it on the strawberry. Yeah. But yeah, but chestnut, Yeah, Chestnut's a good one, but not one of the... One of my highlights. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, f- for me, the the the, the big hits, uh, I think, are, are absolutely uh, terrific on this. Particularly, um, my highlight track, mm-hmm. uh, would you believe, is Bus Stop. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I think the arrangement is amazing. It, it kind of comes on a bit Eleanor Rigby, doesn't it? And um, yes. there's a Colin Blunstone album. Uh, where he, he's the backing is is ninety percent string quartet. Oh yeah, um, is that the one we say you don't mind? Yeah, exactly. That, that period. Every single track on the album has that <clears throat> that same flavour. Right. I think these two albums are are akin. Yes. Um, where the, that tone is sort of sustained across all the tracks, but to have bus stop start with a purely string quartet and vocal I think is a master stroke realize that I've been in your eyes some kind of but I do what I did stupid fish I drank the pool Wet day, she's there. I say, please share my umbrella. Bus stops, bus goes, she stays, love grows under my umbrella. Bus stop, I think, has my favourite storytelling couplet at the start. I think it's economical storytelling at its very, very best. What, the opening? The opening, it's genius. It's genius. I, I, I assume it's Jaime. The, the fact you've got the that that is, that is definitely Jaime. Yeah. I think I've heard Graham say that he he was given something like Jaime said. Here's here's a start for a song. Go away. And it's amazing. It's like <clears throat> the shortest sentences in the world. Yes. Bus stop. Yeah. Wet day. She's there. <laughs> I say, please share my umbrella. That's the whole story in what ten words? I, honestly, it's 
um, it's brilliant poetry, but it's it's amazing lyric writing. Um, and I think for that reason, Bus Stop might be the song of Graham's that I admire the most before before we get into the 10cc stuff. Yeah, I think it uh, I think it could be his best song it has all all the elements doesn't it it does and the, and the, the tune is terrific as well uh, and the ru- harmonies yeah uh, on the on the Graham Goldman thing I assume he's self-harmonizing there every morning I would see her waiting at the stop sometimes she'd shop and she would show me what she yeah, I think, a, I think he is. Yeah. I think yeah. he is. When the drums come in on this version, there's a real drive to it. Yeah. So it's a it's a, a very clever and well-thought-out arrangement. It could carry on in Colin Bluntstone mode to be strings all the way through. Yes, right. But when the drums come in, it, it just lifts it into, an, it into a different sphere, which is just brilliant. I like the way the guy is such a gentleman. He's not. Re- <laughs> he doesn't seem to have carnal thoughts on his mind. His, his ambition <laughs> is that someday... My name and hers are going to be the same, is it? Yeah, that's right. He wants right. to marry her. And for now, he's happy to hear her stories of popping into Kendall's to buy yeah, a frock. And... We're joking, but that's actually it's a rarity in, in, in rock and roll, isn't it? And it's, it, you know, it, it sets it apart from a lot of the, the lyrics yeah, and the I music. Agree. There's the a gallantry there, isn't there? That's the word I'm looking for. I, yeah. yeah. But, and it's got um, a, a, a typical Graham ending as well. And I think. I think back to Channel Swimmer, yeah. where we've got that, that corny ending, um, the, 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 the kind the of... happy ending. The happy comic ending. And, and here, you know, um, this chance meeting at the bus stop ended in a vow. I'm not keen on that line. Uh, oh. it, just, it feels just a little bit twee and old-fashioned, but I like the sentiment of it very much. Are you going to sing well, it together? Not, not the whole thing, just the... Lend me to a vow. There's yeah. the parallel major again. It yeah. sort of ties it up in a bow at the end. <laughs> Terrific. Play the opening chords for us, Paul, just as a treat. OK. Edit. Count us in. Uh, hang on. Okay. Yeah, we'll have a go, shall we? <laughs> um, I can't play the opening riff, which I'd like to sort of dissect further, because, again, the cultural... It's sort of got... Yeah, there's you a know, Jewish there's, there's a, a Jewish flavour. You you to feel it. you feel that, but I, I'm not quite sure how it works note wise. But anyway, two, three. But stop with this, she's there. I safely share my umbrella. Oh, it's fantastic. Keep going. No, 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 I, can't, I don't know the rest of the words. Under my umbrella, all that summer we enjoyed it. Brilliant. I think it's it's absolutely superb, Paul. I think I'm confusing the intro on that, Paul, with No Milk Today, yeah, which I... does start with a with a, a very Jewish sounding da, da, intro. Da, 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 da. I confuse the those two songs, although they don't actually sound similar. That they they I've, they're of a piece somehow. They I, I, want, I wonder are. whether they were written very close together. Yeah. That, that's the feeling I get. Yeah. Gone away, the bottle stands forlorn, a symbol of the dawn. 
No milk today, it seems a common sight But people passing by, don't know the reason why How could they know, just what this message means The end of my hopes, the end of all my dreams How could they know, a palace that had been Behind the door, where my no Milk Today is what happens a few years into the relationship when they split up. Yeah, but it, it definitely feels like it's written on the same street. You can see that the bus stop is just down the road from the doorstep. We're back to the musical again, aren't we? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Going to have to pitch um, this. Yeah, there's very often a, a pessimism in in these songs. And, and No Milk Today, of course, you know, it's, it's a sad tale. Mm. And there's a, a darkness and a sadness in, in all the imagery going on. But the, like we said before, the milk bottle is a is a symbol of loneliness, isn't it? Yes. Or, or, or being suddenly on your own. Yeah. Um, and of course, that line behind the door, um, which seems to be a central theme to to Graham and Jaime's yeah. lyric writing. And look through any window. That's it. It's almost a, a complimentary. We're outside time. looking in. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the other song that I really like on this record and it's it's a very telling title and, and, and telling lyric is my father oh of course which yeah. I sense that is Jaime talking about his father oh that's interesting of course it could be now I was um, because I think I think Graham's grandfather was an immigrant from I um, can't remember which country but I think that's uh, where the family settled in England okay um, possibly Germany or Mm, I'm afraid I can't remember it. It does. It does talk about that briefly on the um, on the sleeve notes of Graham Gorman thing. Okay. Funnily enough, that's interesting. My father knows more than I'll ever know. My father's been places I'll never go. I love the fact that there's such an admiration for the father figure in this song. Hmm. Um, really looking up to him. And it could well be Graham talking about his own dad. I was thinking about this lyric because from what we know of Haim the Rhyme, as he was known, hmm. he's far too unassuming to write a kind of grandiose lyric about himself. Yeah. So it, it either... it has got to be Graham writing about his father or as you've just made that very good point it could be Jaime thinking about his own father yeah um, but yes it's, it's really tender yeah it is and a, and a very affecting tune I think um, I think the, the chords and melody are delicious in this, in this tune one of one of the best I think on the album in terms of the marriage of, of chords and melody musically strangely this one doesn't do it for me as much as some of the others and maybe it's better for that because really the lyric is so emotional i think if the music was as strong it would it would it would be too much almost yes um because it really does go to the heart of a lot of things yeah the, the musical the musical structure doesn't get in the way of the sentiment of the lyrics no it stands on it and stands in some on cases in some of these songs sometimes the sometimes the the the, the chordal complexity does for me, get in the way of the emotion. Yes, as you've And we'll come back to talk about Behind the Door. Sure. But it's no use being somebody else. 
my own two feet I've got to meet the world alone I'm on my own, just The son of my father. I think my least favourite on the album is one that brings a, a, a smile to my face every time I hear it, Paul, because it reminds me of Monty Python's cheese shop sketch. <laughs> I know, I know, it's got the same bell. Um, you know, John Cleese comes into the cheese shop uh, yeah. uh, as Graham goes into the pawnbrokers. And you've even got the same bazooki player playing in the background. Yeah. And I just think of John Cleese saying, shut that bloody bazooki Oh, I think up. we need to do a side-by-side uh, oral comparison yeah, of those we, two. we will. Good morning. Morning, sir. Welcome to the National Cheese Emporium. Ah, thank you, my good man. Sign of the old pawnbroker. There rest the memories of past success. All that I value is in his keeping. He is the guardian of everything I possess. I don't know that the, the vocals weedy. Um, again, it's an interesting little slice of life of the high street. But it, it absolutely doesn't do it for me here, Paul. Oh, I like it. It's a great melody. And once again, you've got these details. You've got the object uh, explaining a much larger story behind it, just like the milk bottles, you yeah. know, in No Milk Today. You've, you've, you've got the, the, the odds and ends. And, the, and the, you know, why is that object in the window of the pawnbrokers? Yes. And then you've got this whole story behind it. I love it. It's yeah, great. and that... that almost sinister thought I think at the end of the song where he says that everything I possess is in the possession of this bloke the yeah. pawnbroker yeah a bit maybe but uh, well maybe, maybe that would have a sort of maybe the real real story behind it I don't know but I think it's I think it's a great track okay in on Monday out on Friday I'm the only one to blame waiting for that Thursday payday every week it's just the same Shut that bloody bazooki up! Tell you, sir. Have you got any Limburger? No. We've talked a, a little bit already about upstairs, downstairs, <clears throat> haven't we? Uh, yeah. Another one of those little behind-the-doors type things. The sort of very sweet, unrequited romance where yeah. he's upstairs thinking about her downstairs and yeah. he's got the radio on and all the rest of it, so it's... it's it's a real kind of go on, just go down and knock on the door. <laughs> yeah, I, I the know, story. And, and, the, the te- and they hold back and they hold back, <laughs> and then and you can almost you can visualise the house, or what I should say, you can almost visualise the stage set. No front on the house. Yeah. You can see the upstairs flat on stage and the downstairs flat. That's it. And he's kind of do I go up and then he knocks. Up. I think it's it, it's great, and you can you can see the chintzy wallpaper, yeah. and the carpet, can't you? Yeah, yeah, it, it's great. The other will dare to climb the first 
think, oh, I, I think wonder, the, sorry, I think the, sorry. the melody's overly busy, but then I would say that. You would. I wonder whether the phrase upstairs, downstairs w- was, was an original phrase, because this predated the sort of 70s show, or is, was upstairs, downstairs um, a kind of well-known uh, in the vernacular, vernacular anyway? Wasn't it a series of books? Upstairs, downstairs. What, before? I'm thinking yeah, about possibly. the 70s programme about the sort of the... Yeah, yeah, like I remember. Downton yeah, Abbey yeah, type Yeah, exactly. It was the, the, like the kitchen staff, wasn't yeah, it? The yeah, servants yeah. and yeah. so on. Okay. Uh, I don't know. That's an interesting point. Because it's... I don't know. Upstairs, downstairs. It just... It feels like it's in the popular vernacular, like you said. It, yeah, it It feels be. like it's like a stock expression. We've already talked about Pamela Pamela. Hmm. Um, I feel the release, the, the hit version is better than this, uh, to be honest. Uh, but it's probably because I think the, the hit version is better sung. Yeah, but you've, then you've still got these wonderful uh, Jones woodwind lines yeah. creating beautiful harmonies beneath the melody. Just True. like, I, I, I think, you know, we're talking about the arrangements again and again. <laughs> I, they, it really adds so much. Yeah. The, the reference to Laurel and Hardy in the pictures mm. um, kind of comes out again in another song where we mention Buster Keaton. We only have a YouTube video of, a, of an acetate being played mm-hmm. uh, from 69. Oh, yeah. It's a song called Leisurely Age. Oh, yes. With right. that lovely um, Everybody's Talking intro. Um, ah, now th- yeah, I know this song. Now this song is to me a bit close to my sentimental friend by Herman's Hermits. Do you okay, know that song? I don't know that song. Uh, it, it's is it the one that goes da 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 of a leisurely age? Yes, It's got again that kind of augmented or something chromatic ascending yeah. chords kind of around which the melody is built. Um, it's slowly coming back to my mind. Yes. Um, yeah, and that mentions Buster Keaton, does it? It does, yeah. And I wonder okay. if that's Jaime's memory of going to the pictures or, ah, or Graham's. Interesting. They were certainly playing all that, all the, the black and white stuff when I was going to the pictures, Paul. Oh, but yeah. I, but I sense it, it's it's someone of, of the previous generation to Graham. Could be. Yeah. On the floor, the people dance around Moving close together I well remember the days when we went to the flicks When Nazi mother was the queen Buster Keaton, Sabu, and the Phyllis Tom Nicks They were my heroes on the screen When Laurel and Hardy were shown at the flicks With sticky red lilas on splintery sticks Pigtails and ribbons and crushes on mist Secret discussions about a first kiss But you were young and everything was new Invention to do things you couldn't do Oh, Pamela, Pamela, you started to grow Answers to questions you wanted to know When the rest of your childhood forgets as a dream And the harshness of life dims those peaches and cream Even though... I think Bus Stop is my favourite track on this album. I keep going back to Behind the Door because there's something of real importance about that song. I think it's 
a marriage of a very, very mature lyric and, and very mature musical composition, even though some of the elements of that I don't like much. Um, for example, some of the melodic touches mm -hmm. and lyrical touches feel almost heavy-handed. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of talk about some of these bits in, in, in detail. My least favourite part of the song is that the, the line that repeats, I think, four times during the song. Of dreams that lie moldering. A, I hate that word moldering. It doesn't exist. It's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a, it's coined. I've if seen, I've got it right. Now I've seen that mentioned, but doesn't isn't it just a moldering? It could be a moldering. A dash moldering. Yeah. You know, and uh, I really don't like that. That he says the same about a mate. They still they go a mating. Oh. it's like Froggy goes a courting. I just don't like that 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 old fashioned structuring of the oh, words. Oh, yeah. Even though the the idea and that the 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 emotion there. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah, I don't know. You're criticising one of my favourite lyrics no, of no, all I time. No, no, I know. But it's how I'm <laughs> responding to it as a as a as a listener in an emotional way. Sure, sure. And, and the melody doesn't do it for me on those really? bits either. No. Oh. Whereas most other parts of the song are brilliantly subtle. I think that's the climax of the entire song. Uh, and still they go a mating. They're trapped on the wheel. They know yes. what's what fate will befall them or us. Slash us, but they, but they still can't. Keep they're doing still it. doing it. That's what we do. The human that, urge. That's why I think this is such a profound song, because it really explains everything. It's like Gabriel talking about the um, they are pulled up by the magnet, believing they're free, yeah, which yeah. is an incredible lyric from Carpet Crawl. Yes, and that. that. No, I'm I'm with you, and and the the whole the lyrical premise of the song, Paul, is genius. Right. It, it, it's a, it's a a really classy piece of composition. It's just that some of it sounds kind of clumpy antiquated or antiquated and that yeah. it just it, it, it irritates me musically okay i prefer it when when Cher sings those bits she's got a stronger voice than graham has undoubtedly and and so vocally i, I much prefer Cher's delivery of the song um there are aspects of the Cher version that i think are fantastic it's mm -hmm. got that lee hazelwood flavor again produced mm. by by her husband, yeah, um, and and he, he's done a brilliant job as well. He's he's got interesting kind of woodwind and things going on. Behind the door of every house, in every street, in every town, a story is unfolding. A story is unfolding of love and hate. More. It was a B-side, wasn't it, of a of a single? Was it? I think it was the B-side. I can't remember the A-side. Yeah, um, but I, Graham's version is edges it in terms of the marvelous arrangement, I think, and the darkness. I which just I really like. I think Graham's is the definitive version. I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, this is one of my favourite songs of all time, and I think Cher could have, and she's a brilliant singer. And Sonny Bono's a brilliant producer. So yes. it could have been a, 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 a classic song, a standard. Up, yes. But, but so, somehow she doesn't nail it. I don't know why. I just don't like her version. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't 
play with the melody in exactly the same way. Yeah. He, you know, Graham adds just a few little touches. Sure. Maybe she hadn't she hadn't let it kind of sit on her tongue for long enough. Maybe yeah. she'd only just learnt it. Or yeah, something. maybe it was a kind of throwaway. Well, we'll do this song as well. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the circumstances in which it came to be recorded by her. But sure, Sonny Bono's produce uh, production feels like he he wanted it to be a classic. Yes, he, he throws a lot in there. You know, yeah. the, while we're talking about versions, the original version was by is it St Louis St Louis Union. An act of crime, a a sweet romance, a ritual dance, the characters are raised. Yeah, that was the original single version, slightly earlier than either of these two, and that's it doesn't really do it for me either. And I, I personally am very glad that in my eyes or ears the definitive version is Graham's. I think that's fitting. No, I agree, and, and yeah, the, the, the version nails that there's such powerful melancholy in in this and there's a if you can if you can have sinister mundanity <laughs> this is it um it's very powerful got the guitar there Paul I'd love I'd love to to see where your fingers go on this I won't attempt the opening riff behind the door of every house in every street in every town oh that is so so brilliant it's a the major way, seven again the way the, the melody just goes up in very very tiny increments I think that's really beautifully structured. The story is unfolding. What about that for a change? B minor, C major seven, and then B minor again. I think the chord is an E minor, but the melody is an F sharp, which would be the ninth. Tension. Sweet romance, F major seven, ritual suspension. Yeah. The characters are praying. So I prefer you singing it to Graham. Oh no, no. I, he has to sing it because he's the writer, and yes. and I think his um, his he's reaching with his voice, almost past what he can make. But I think that I think that makes it. He's really he's really. He probably never sung anything that difficult before, maybe, no, as a lead vocalist. And I, I really hope he sings it when we see him in April, because um, I bet his, his voice now is much, much more suited to d- delivering this song with yeah, a bit of grit. Maybe. I would love to hear him sing it, and, yeah. uh, well, we can always we can well, shout. <laughs> we, we're hoping to meet with Graham before that gig, uh, not at the gig, I, 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 I hasten to add, but right. um, maybe we can put a little word in, Paul. And, and get on our knees and, and beg him to play it. Oh, it would be wonderful to, to talk to him about some yeah. of this, some of these songs. You yeah. know. I'm really enjoying um, listening to and watching you, you play that, Paul. It's, oh. The chords are, are gorgeous, aren't they? They are, In yeah. the main. Some of the melody... Um, <laughs> there, are, there are kind of sucking on lemons bits. That really? tension well, between the E minor with the F sharp notes sung on top... Yeah. 
Do you not like that, or you do I like that? I don't like it. Oh, that's interesting. It, that that is getting accidentally getting a bit of tin foil in your teeth. Of love and hate. It is an F sharp, isn't it? Hmm. Do, do you not like that? I, I think don't. that's a gorgeous touch. I don't. And my, it makes it a minor ninth chord. Yes. Love and hate. It was. Is it too it might be, It might just be the the vocal delivery on the recording. Sorry, I, I feel like I'm, I'm pissing on your parade here, Paul. I think it's a great. It won't, great it won't record, stop me loving it, this song. I, yeah, I, I know. I'm not, <laughs> not, not trying to. Um, it just it, it doesn't touch my heart musically in okay. in, in, a, in the way that um, most of the lyrics really, really That's do. That's really fascinating. Um, and I think "Bus Stop" is a more successful song. Okay. Um, and it's got a more a, a, a melody and chord structure that appeals to me more. But there is marvelous tension in this um, there's discomfort and and there's a bittersweet quality to the lyrics and music mm. and that that's kind of sort of personified by the the change from major to minor the e minor to c major seventh kind of change yes it's almost symbolic of of that the dark and the the, the darkness the the dark and light happening yeah. in here the uh, bittersweet and they are entangled it is a song about life as well as death yeah. so the light and shade. You can't have one without the other. And no, you've that's got right. you've got it all in this wonderful yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat, this song that nobody's ever heard of. Behind the doors of every house, in every street, in every town, the stage is set for playing. The stage is set for playing. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, uh, we can be, or I can be a bit evangelical about this song in particular. And I'm thinking, do I like it more because it's a not famous song? Well, who's to know? But in my mind, this this is a standard that's never really come into its own. Yeah. And I feel that maybe the definitive version hasn't been recorded. It would be lovely. Did Graham have a... Did he re-record it on I, one of his later I albums? don't believe he's, he's ever gone back to maybe it. Maybe that's Graham's... Ultimate masterpiece recording waiting to waiting to happen wow. with a stronger, more mature voice now. Yeah. Um, with um, a similarly subtle arrangement as, as this wonderful version on here, but where some of those <laughs> sucking on lemons moments <laughs> are just kind of extracted. Maybe that's a. a a definitive version, Paul. That's not. Oh, I'd love quite to be. I'd love to be can. a fly on the wall in those sessions. Although in my heart, I think the definitive, definitive version is already on tape. Sure, sure. No, and I, I, I feel that strongly from you, Paul. <laughs> I respect that as well. Thank you. Cracking album, overall. And am I right in thinking that it? Never got released in the UK until it came out on CD. I think it was no, it was released. In fact, um, uh, I bought a copy in um, in 1981 at this same record fair that I managed to get the Hot Legs album. Ah, and um, oh, yes, yes, and the Van Dyke and Song Park. Cycle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in fact, uh, sorry, we can cut this, but as a brief aside, do you know the song "The All Golden" by yes. by Van Dyke Parks? That's got that same ominous opening riff that runs through a whole, you know wealth of changes and then unexpectedly returns to that riff it's mm. a, the two songs have always reminded okay, me of I'll each have other to dig that out. i've got got that on vinyl somewhere um but no it, it was released um on vinyl but i think it just completely failed it didn't sell any copies 
it sold more copies after 10cc had become popular but yeah. even then only a very small number mm. so it really okay. it's, it's, collected, it's collected i read somewhere that it didn't come out at the time but it did come out in the states mm. for some reason the well, uk you, release seems to have been delayed good and question such I, a shame for graham you know that was his uh his a moment of vindication for him, wasn't it, this it album? It was, but in a way everything comes right in the end because um, it led to 10CC and that was that was really what he wanted, to be in a successful band and he, yeah. and he, and he achieved that. And um, singing on a number one record. Yeah, which he was to do some 10 years after the Graham Goldman thing. Yeah. Well, thanks Paul, thanks for, for so much research and effort you put into... into those tunes wonderful and oh, it's, uh, it's been, been really pleasure. enjoyable digging around this huge body of work and i get the feeling in my stomach now that we've hardly scratched the surface yes but, but hopefully we've given we've given people a little bit of extra homework and listening to do <laughs> um hope, hope so you, hope you've enjoyed it thank you thank you been listening to the consequences podcast produced by paul mcnulty and sean mccreevy thanks for listening behind the door of every house in every street in every town a story is unfolding a story is unfolding of love and hate remorseless fate of hopes and fears and smiles and tears of dreams that lie Street in every town, the stage is set for playing. The stage is set for playing an act of crime, a pantomime, a sweet romance, a ritual dance. The Oh,